Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. everyone and welcome to here for the right reasons us weekly's bachelor podcast i am your host sarah heron and i have a very special guest who i have spoken to before back when she was on the beach in mexico where that drama was airing out and we're here to talk about some of that go back in time with a little matt james stuff and find out what she's up to now hello jesenia hi how are you it's always happy to speak with you Thank you. I'm good. You know, I'm happy to st- talk to you as well. I feel like Matt James' book just came out. So that's kind of yes. like a fun little tie also. Mm-hmm. Um, that season for you, it aired a year ago, taped obviously over a year ago. Does that feel like a long time ago or does that feel fresh? You know, what feels like a long time ago now is paradise. So, you know, Matt James, that feels like a century ago already. But, you know, it, it's always wonderful to still be in touch with people that I've met through that season um, and even seeing, you know, Matt, you know, moving forward and doing, you know, really exciting things like releasing a book. So I'm always, I'm just happy to see everyone thriving, even though, yeah, that was a while back. Yeah, it was. And it was an interesting season because you guys filmed at Nemecolon, which yes. I got to go to for a weekend, like for the finale, they like hosted some press and it was oh like gosh, the sickest fun. place ever. Gorgeous. And I think they even updated a bunch of stuff to it. So I actually want to go back as well. Um, I mean, just it's, it's impossible to not enjoy yourself there. And the staff there was amazing too. Yeah. If anyone's listening, like we are so available to come (laughs) and hang out at Nemecolon again. Does any part of you feel like though you didn't get to travel and that's part of like the bachelor experience? Oh, totally. I think a lot of us went into it understanding that we would be in a bubble anyway. So yeah, we were already kind of going into it a little bummed that we couldn't travel, but the way I saw it too, I mean, we had already been what under COVID for a year at that point. So I was happy to go anywhere. <laughs> it was, you know, as soon as they told us where I was like, I've never been to this place before, but whatever it is. And when you arrive, it's literally just a farm town, yeah. um, but you get to this mansion and I took a video of it. I probably wasn't supposed to, but I took a video of it in the back of the car and it's gorgeous. So it, this is not sponsored, but I yeah. highly recommend that anyone go visit New home. No, for sure. And I, when you got that message, it was probably like Pennsylvania. What? Like, what do you mean? And it does like- when you arrive, it's the middle of nowhere, but it's its own like world. Mm-hmm. And the people who had to do the bachelorette seasons in quarantine were in like hot as hell, 120 degree Palm Springs yeah, okay. or Mexico. And I think that that's worse. Oh, a thousand percent. That's worse. Your makeup is falling down your neck. Your hair doesn't like sit right because yeah. you can curl it and you sweat it out later. So Nemo Colon was definitely a good, uh, a good environment to be in. 
I'm sure you haven't read Matt's book yet because it's been out for like 24 hours. And I don't know if you plan to, but I read it. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the big takeaways for him, and it's interesting also speaking to him, is he felt like he opened up a lot when he was filming the show with Rachel, with other contestants and kind of laid it all out there, spoke about his family, spoke about being uh, biracial, talked a lot, and he felt like none of it aired. So that's why the book is kind of say, sharing that. Did yeah. you feel like he, as a bachelor, was like super open? Did you have any of those kind of conversations with him? Yeah, I think that was the biggest disappointment for a lot of us. Um, you know, it, I, I get, I get it. You have to condense things to, you know, fit into the airtime. But there were so many meaningful conversations that should have aired that I think would have been the most impactful versus showing like the worst side of us. <laughs> I feel. Um, you know, in certain situations that, you know, we probably didn't need an entire episode and a half to go through, you know, like I'd rather listen to his conversations with Maggie, who's an amazing woman. And, you know, I had a very personal conversation with him as well about, you know, his father and things like that. So it would have been nice to see that, but it is what it is, which is why I'm happy that he has chosen to go ahead and release a book because now people get to see a whole other side to him that unfortunately no one could. And I think the funny thing for me too, is always seeing people like, oh, the bloopers showed more personality than the entire season. And it's like, yes, like Matt and all of us are actually really funny people. <laughs> like we, we yeah. had a great time. So it was sad to not see that. It's so crazy. And it's nice to hear that because I've spoken to a few people from your season and I, I don't want to, it's not like, I'm not trying to be whatever, but like you guys, like it came off very catty. And I remember recapping it being like, is this the meanest group in like bachelor <laughs> history? And part of that is because Addison out of mind, right? Like as it's airing, you forget, oh, we've seen this film before, you know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. But I just remember specifically, I was like, whoa, like I feel like yeah. we're going with a lot here, but it just, I guess, because so much else was gone, it felt like that. Like when filming it, did you feel like it was fun? I feel like it was fun, which is why I was so surprised that it didn't reflect the most. I mean, I think they showed like little moments, which were, were a good breather, but not long enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like I think the, the biggest example, which I, I kind of mentioned it um, a moment ago where, you know, my whole two on one thing with MJ was what, like an entire episode or something. Right. It took up like a whole half of an episode and then went into the next one. And I was exhausted and I already went through it. So I could only imagine with the viewers who they're like eager to get onto the next thing. So, yeah, but I think because it didn't reflect so well on the show, that's probably why I cherish those really great moments even more, because I know how things were in the house. And I know that we were all very sweet to each other. We were always goofing around, always having fun. So, I mean, you know, those are, I guess, our memories to keep then. Yeah, it's true. And I'm sure, you know, that always reflects too. Like on Paradise, sometimes we'll see people interact. I'm like, oh, I thought they didn't like each other, but it's like, oh no, like they got past it. We just didn't <laughs> see that part. Or, yeah, I would know. see that a lot too. People saying yeah. I honestly didn't think that they'd get along. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, we don't see. And we have to remember that as viewers. Um, right. You mentioned MJ. That was the whole like JV versus varsity thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, it was said like offhand, like a few times. And I remember being like, what this, I ugh, like, this feels weird. Cause it, it did. It definitely made the environment feel more high school to me. Um, and a lot of the other girls felt the same way. It was just kind of like uncomfortable. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, really dug into us because they would catch us like laughing. And I, there is such a thing as laughing through the discomfort <laughs> where you're just like, okay, so, you know, you just kind of move on the cameras or there's like six cameras in front of you. You know, it's a hard thing to navigate, but um, I don't know, I guess, you know, those truths are something that's really just for us, I guess. There's only so much that we can show on TV. Yeah. I know that season was also 
the season of Queen Victoria, um, yes. who you know in real life, I do not. And she yeah. had some choice words not that long ago about the show. What were your interactions with her like? Is she different than what we saw on TV? Is she, you know, a little bit what you see is what you get? Yeah, I think I think what people would be surprised to hear is she very much is a girl's girl. She was always very sweet to me very sweet to the majority of the ladies. Now, I do believe that, especially at the time, I I think she's actually much better at this now. But at the time, I think with that pressure, having the cameras around and a lot of different opinions circling, it was hard for her to kind of deal with it, I would say. Um, So a lot of how she reacted, I feel, was just more so from emotional places, you know, that perhaps she definitely could have handled better. I'm not saying that it was okay for anything that she said, but, you know, we all deal with things differently. And, um, her now though, I mean, I know she said that she hated the producers. <laughs> I have to respectfully disagree on that, but <laughs> at least I, I never had a negative experience with any of the producers. I'm actually, you know, really great friends with one of them now who no longer is part of the show, but she, you know, continues to do producing for other shows. Yeah. It's you always fascinating to me because a lot of times the majority, I would say contestants come out with friendships with the producers, with each other and with the producers. And then there is every once in a while, like a, you know, a cryptic Instagram or a not so cryptic Instagram. Um, but the overall it seems, and I know, you know, some people will blame editing and there's so many layers and it's too a generalization, but I'm always fascinated by the friendship part of it because it's like in the moment you trust these people, but then like, you don't always know, but then you also know you're making a show. Like, it's just like a lot of factors. No. Yeah. And I think it's hard to navigate, especially right when you're in the thick of it, because, you, like you said, you don't know what people's intentions are, or you don't know what they're trying to achieve by, you know, approaching you with something and seeing how you would react or like, you know, pushing buttons, that kind of thing. I think there are definitely people like that that go on the show. There's no doubt about it. Um, But I don't feel that I've personally dealt with anyone. At least no one's ever come at me just out of the blue. Um, You know, the MJ thing was something that was developing. And I think that was really the only person in that season that I had an issue with, but I mean, you know, it, it, things happen. They unfold the way they do. And it's hard to kind of know uh, who's there for the right reasons. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's a reason they say it. Um, when that season was airing and everything was kind of going down with Matt and Rachel and all the backlash, but then, you know, them ending up back together and happy now. What what surprised you the most about all of that? And are you like, what did, what do you remember about kind of, because for your season, I, it was like a lot for you guys to also try mm-hmm. to navigate and try to figure out what was going on. Because this was your friend, this was your bachelor. This was like, it's a lot. Right. No, I, so I think it, I, I was not surprised by, you know, Matt and Rachel getting back together again, for example. Um, I honestly, truly believe it was like, there's something there that I see her at least, you know, getting to the very end, even if I, you know, taking myself out of the equation or not even considering myself. I was like, I know there's, she's going to be here till the end. Right. Yeah. But it didn't surprise me that they later did reconnect, especially since I'm also basing my opinion off of my interactions with Rachel. And she's always been incredibly sweet. I could never, ever imagine that that she'd be someone who was racist, for example. So I knew that there was something more to it than just a single photo was letting on, you know, and she has later spoken about it herself and um, she's in a significantly better position and she's, you know, she's continued on with her life and she's still doing good things. Um, Now, one thing that did surprise me after the show was, I mean, just the blatant racism within some of the fan base. I do think that there are members of Bachelor Nation, you know, the fan base that are incredibly sweet. I mean, almost to the point where it's overwhelming, but you appreciate, you know, how much they enjoy the show and that they enjoyed seeing you, especially those that speak out about how they feel represented. Like that is the most wholesome for me. Um, But then to, you know, have 
really gross things sent to my DMs and even being called things like I was called a monkey after paradise. I've never been called a monkey before in my life. So it's like, those were the two, you know, so it's definitely an even, an even scale there. I feel like I've said this so many times, but it's like, let everyone, you can like make fun of someone in a lighthearted, sarcastic way on Instagram, like about what you feel. I'll take, you know what, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. A meme can be funny, but like, Mm -hmm. don't do these crazy things to ruin it for the rest of us who are just watching the show and taking it with a grain of salt. Like there's such a line and this, all reality fans, I feel like struggle with it because you're criticizing the person versus Mm -hmm. like a character, even though it is kind of a character, but the Bachelor fans, especially I'm like, dudes, don't ruin it for other people so we can keep the show lighthearted. Like I maybe, and I'm probably wrong, but I have not seen this kind of behavior within like other dating show fan bases. I don't, I don't, I think that's pretty fair to say. It's also this show. It's weird. Cause as they say, like, oh, ratings are going down, whatever, but like the coverage, the cultural net, like the bachelor people, it it has a different impact. It's, it's, it's longer. It's not quite a blimp on the screen around for a while. Yeah. And I don't think it's going, which I've heard is a great show, but that only started with like a year and a half, two years ago, I think. And I could name like two people who have been on that show, but I can't, and it's it's my job to know the bachelor people, but I've seen (laughs) my handles. Like it's, it's different. Right. Exactly. You spoke about that a little bit on paradise as we transitioned into paradise with Ivan, right? Like there were conversations about race and the franchise a little bit that aired. Yeah. So, you know, I had seen, um, I mean, at least the kind of feedback that I was getting from most fans was, you know, there was one side that where they were, you know, really proud to see Latina being on the show and they were happy to see me, you know, falling in love or falling out of love or going through the ups and downs that, you know, comes with the show. Right. But they were just happy to feel represented, which that to me, I I hold so closely to my heart because that makes it all worth it. But then, yeah, there is the other side of the coin of these like, I, I, I imagine them as like moles that crawl out of the dirt and they're just like you and they just send me just the most concerning messages because in, in my world, especially prior to the show, I never once experienced racism in any form. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge shock to me to be called, I mean, gross things. I don't want to repeat, obviously, yeah. but like even things like, you know, being Latina, yes, there's there, there's derogatory terms that people use towards Hispanics and Latinos, but then people confusing me for being Filipina, for example, they would call me gross in derogatory term, terms used for Filipinos. So I was getting a lot. And so that was something that really weighed on my heart when I came to deciding whether or not I wanted to go to paradise. Right. That's fair. Cause it's only going to have a heightened, you know, more viewers, more of the story continues, but at the same time, don't want to let them win. Kind of want to like, you know, experience right. the full thing. And with the bachelor franchise now, it's almost like the journey's not complete until if you don't end up with the person that you do this stint in paradise, sometimes right. it goes well, sometimes it doesn't, but I feel like right. you got to find out for yourself. Exactly. And I, and I, I don't regret it. Not at all. Cause I think, um, again, like what I took away from the bachelor is exactly what I took away from paradise as well. I have deeper connections with friends, with friends. Now I have friends, you know, all over the States. And, you know, it, I think that is something that I've benefited from the most because before the show, I mean, yeah, I actually had a very small circle of friends and they're all fairly local. Um, but with everyone now within the show, the fact that we actually clicked and we were able to move past the reality show and we're even capable of having conversations outside of the show that, you know, is something that I, that I value deeply. So it's been nice to continue those friendships. 
Well, let's talk about your season of paradise a little more specifically, (laughs) obviously, um, with the exception of the date with Ivan, it didn't take long for kind of chaos to ensue and this trip to San Diego that, you know, people had comments on. And I feel like we've pretty much well established from everyone that no one crossed a line in San Diego. That's your perspective as well, right? I mean, (laughs) okay, maybe not, maybe not. Well, this is the thing is I, I'm very aware of other people's recollections of what happened in San Diego. I think it's especially at the very beginning when the first invite was sent, you know, from Katie, Hey, I'm back from filming. I hadn't seen her in months. Um, I actually want to maybe like just get some friends together at a house in San Diego. You're welcome to come if you can make it great. I went thinking, well, I'm going to spend some time with Nikki, but I mean, with not with Nikki. I'm sorry. That's my best friend. <laughs> Let me start that over. I'm going to spend some time with, with Katie and then I'll be able to like reconnect with her. Right. But then once this conversation started like, oh, so-and-so's coming, so-and-so's coming. Like a lot of people that I didn't really know, the only other person that I really would have known was actually Alana because we were on math season together. So when I went, I thought, okay, well, I want to kind of conduct myself in a way that, you know, is a great first impression. And everyone pretty much did the same thing, I would like to say. Um, But I think there were small moments that I feel are conveniently being left out solely because I can say for a fact, I remember everything that happened in San Diego. I was never once blackout drunk. It was never anything like that for me because I was around people that I didn't know. And I personally get anxious drinking heavily around people that I don't know. Right. So, and it's not to say that everybody else was trash either, but you know, (laughs) it's like, there's certain things that happen that, you know, people are speaking on, but they don't really, they're not really divulging in the full details. Like I know for a fact that I saw Lana sitting in the jacuzzi with Chris on his lap and Brett was sitting right next to them. Brett, unfortunately, can is not a reliable source for me, though, because, you know, but it was it was things like that that was what was on my mind during Paradise, because I remember asking Chris after I gave him the rose, we were it was the very first full day together. We sat on the day bed and I asked him, you know, obviously more women were coming and I wanted us to kind of be on the same page because he came in hot. Right. Saying right. I'm here. Senia, I'm getting out. And he immediately took me on the day, things like that. So. I was kind of riding on this high of like, wow, this guy's like really into me. I didn't think I made that big of an impression on in San Diego, considering we were all just like in a group of people. Um, so I asked him flat out, you know, what can I expect if more ladies were to come next week? And I was also coming from the mindset of every time a relationship was established in paradise, something happened, right? Yeah. So I was already kind of in my head. And I remember asking specifically after that, I said, or how about what should I expect from you if Alana were to come? Because based off of certain body language that I had been seeing in San Diego, um, and I will preface this, that was the, the, her sitting in his lap in the jacuzzi was just the one time that I ever saw anything. Yes, they had like other casual conversations, but I knew that they had actually spent time together in Austin. I knew it was like for an event, I think for Mike Johnson, I think, yeah. For Mike, um, and I won't share details that were given to me about that weekend because they didn't come straight from their mouth. And that's the, the thing that I want to preface as well as I'm not going to just spread rumors when I heard it from third parties, but I know what I saw in San Diego and the fact that they won't share at least that detail. I'll let the audience kind of figure out why, but um, I do recall asking him specifically, what should I expect from you? Um, just to be clear, just for him to have the opportunity to give me that, you know, fair answer and say, well, I mean, if any woman 
Alana or not were to come that I felt that I could have a stronger relationship with, I would hope you'd understand that I want to explore that. And I would, I would understand because I did, I had done the exact same thing. Right. So it's like, I, I never, but he didn't say that. No, he didn't. He just said, no, like I, you know, I came here for you and I really just want to, you know, spend some time with you here in paradise. Well, the way he said it to you was more like, I want to spend time here in paradise. And then everything about me kind of came after that. (laughs) I was like the second priority. Um, and I, I, I want to preface that, you know, I, I'm coming at this, you know, as lightly as I can, because I've personally moved on from the whole situation. But I think it's been very difficult to look away when you have two people who are constantly kind of like continuing this narrative that just isn't true, you know, and, and, and I'll speak for myself when I say this, but I did, in fact, apologize to Alana and she After- the show was it when the show was airing or after the show so I guess the show was still technically airing it was after our episode the okay. whole whole mm-hmm. craziness um you know I, I gave it a couple days and I reached out to her and I said you know I really you know I wanted to give you some space but I wanted to come to you and tell you that genuinely I'm so sorry for how things ended up in paradise and then when I think about what I would do differently I wouldn't have cut you off because I cut her off and I told her honestly I'm so embarrassed by that specifically because you deserve to speak. And I think I was so clouded with yeah. like my emotions, which is, it's hard to deal with when you feel hurt, when you feel lied to, um, that I just allowed that to control me versus like trying to be as centered as possible. And she acknowledged the apology. And then, you know, the, you know, the conversation went on and I started to put the pieces together that we had very different recollections of San Diego. And it started to even become a concern because, I felt as though I was being made to feel as though I should question my reality. And that's when things really started becoming a problem for me to the point where I even reached out to a, you know, a member of production to help me navigate this. And they just told me don't interact. And that's exactly yeah. what I did. So I had blocked them on social, um, you know, through the numbers and everything and just hadn't spoke to them up until I saw that interview. And that was only what, like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then I, unblocked Alana, sent her the text, which delivered. So I think she blocked me after I texted her. Um, and, you know, I just left it at that. I never waited for a response from her either. Cause I, I so just you reached out again, you mean? Yeah. I reached oh, wow. out again and I had told her, I said, you know, I, I, I wanted, I did not want to argue with her first because uh, why this happened yeah. almost a year ago. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's done. And I get, if you're hurt, that's fair, but don't drag my name all around the dirt along with it, you know? So I told her, you know, it's here plain as day. I forwarded her the screenshot of my apology. You know, I don't understand why this is what you're choosing to do, but at least be honest about this. Just like I, all I asked was honesty from Chris's part, which he never gave me. So at least be honest about whether or not you received an apology, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It, it was difficult to navigate, um, but it is what it is. And I think it just, it was already too long or at least I didn't want to deal with people having this misperception of me any longer because they, I don't know, they went like on a podcast tour, I guess. And it was just <laughs> the same thing. And I, part of me is like, how many times can you repackage the same story? Yeah. But, you know, every single time it was said totally incorrectly. So do you think anything would have been different if, because as from a viewer perspective, um, watching everything play out, what made it kind of hard also was the fact that there was the Brendan and Piper part where it's like they were technically doing the same thing or what, at least that's what it felt like. And they were getting off scot-free and because it kind of became like a group 
of people versus two. And I don't know, I'm not saying that's anyone's fault or who could be a million people. I don't know, but the way it aired and how we saw it, it then it like turned into like a gang up kind of thing when you had Brennan and Piper right there. Like, I feel like that's a big part of it. Oh yeah. I totally, and I completely agree because it, I think it's, it's difficult to, I guess, think straight in the sense when right. th- this is the thing for me, it was never about, Oh, he's with Atlanta now. So that's why she's mad. No, it was about, you had the opportunity to be honest. And for us to say, you know what, we're going to be open to exploring other options, regardless of what happens. But instead he continued to assure me, no, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And instead he let it all happen in a very messy way, which was hurtful and it was embarrassing and it was upsetting. So Yes, I I should have really been the only one approaching anyone about it. And if I'm completely honest, I probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have. But I think that there were underlying issues that I was not totally aware of that later um, Joe actually mentioned on clickbait as well, where he's like, you know, he would talk about followers and things like that. So I think in a lot of ways, he was already rubbing people the wrong way, it seems. Right. And so that was something that I wasn't, I wasn't totally aware of the details, but you know, the conversation prior to when they came back from the date was like, I you know, they kind of filled me in a little bit on what had been going on with him. So I don't know what happened with the guys that they yeah. felt like, Oh, first it's this, then this, and now this. So they, it, you know, it was kind of like, like all of that collectively. It wasn't just about him and Atlanta, definitely not. And I think that I, again, you know, it could be said blamed with editing as well, that they just kind of want to, I guess, like, make things a lot smaller because there's like a short air time. Yeah. Um, and the whole Brendan and Piper thing, I personally feel the way Brendan was. Um, and again, I'm not trying to have drama with anybody, <laughs> but just like, you know, they don't was, listen to this. I know. I know. I was there. <laughs> I remember. Um, yeah. Like I was there and I, you could sense that he was getting very heated and it was almost one of those things where you just didn't want it to escalate any further. Um, so I don't feel like they really felt like it was going to go anywhere, right. you know? And, and there was a lot of like repetitive things that I feel were cut out, which is why I feel it never went deeper than what was aired because he wasn't really giving us anything. So yeah. it wasn't like we, we could say the same thing over and over again. And he was just like, and so, yeah. yeah, it's hard to like, if you can't interact and it gets to a point of just like wanting to be healthy and moving on, like for everyone else's sake on the beach. Right. Right. Yeah. I, the one go, go ahead. No, I mean, and I don't blame people for getting so upset over it because I, I don't believe that Chris and Lana deserved any of that. I think, you know, my biggest regret, I guess, because people have asked, do you get, I think right. now that I think my, my biggest regret, I think would be not handling my emotions a little better. I think I certainly could have done that. I certainly could have had the grace to give Alana the opportunity to speak. Um, but it's like, I don't know, I guess part of me, you know, I gave Chris the opportunity to speak, but he never gave me, he was never honest. And I, it was already so off the deep end at that point that I just felt like just upset over everything. And I just didn't want yeah. to hear anything, but that doesn't make it fair. And, you know, I, I, I get where people are coming from. The formula of the show in general, it's hard because the formula is for you guys all date each other, but then, and understandably your emotions get involved. Everything's heightened. You have nothing else to think about on the speech besides this situation. So obviously, yeah, everyone's like quote unquote in love in two seconds, which I get. That's the point. That's why they do it this way. You're not in the real world for a reason, but the formula of the show is to kind of date each other. But do you think the key to staying out of mess is just the, you know, on the side, Hey, like 
I like you and let's see what happens. But like, I want to keep it open and everyone just like being honest with each other. Is that the way to avoid this? Cause it is the point of the show. But so from well, the audience, it's like, they can do what they want. But then other times it's like, no, that was F boy behavior. Like it's, it's kind of, it depends also. Like, I feel like some people get away with it and other people get called out. And I don't know why that is either. Well, but, but that's why I think, I mean, it's not even like clear communication is not even just the formula for the show. It's a formula for any relationship, especially yeah. in the real world. And I firmly believe that when you're clear with someone from the get-go, that's the best way to avoid, you know, hurting each other's feelings or making sure there's no miscommunication or, or misunderstandings, I guess. Um, you know, like people were dogging on me so hard, like, oh, but she did the same thing to Ivan. It's like, no, I had a very clear conversation with Ivan on, on the day bed. And I yeah. told him specifically, yeah, like I would be interested in, you know, meeting someone else. And, and here's the thing is I definitely was ready to be set on Ivan. Um, which is why I was so surprised to see his interview while I was already on the date of him saying like, oh, I'm going to have the conversation with her for us to be exclusive. It's like, why did you wait until I went on the date if you did it before? And we're like, listen, honestly, I don't want you to go on this date because this isn't, and I would have said, okay, yeah, I'm not going on a date then because I honestly was waiting for that, but it just never happened. So I think that, you know, probably could have avoided the whole mess. And then Crystalana, you know, would have stayed in paradise and they would have done their own thing. And that's yeah. great, you know, because I, I don't think they're bad people. I just think the way they handled everything, I like to think was also from an emotional place, because I will tell you the people who texted me before the show aired and after we already went home are very different people from who texted me after the show aired, especially our episode. Um, and it, it, to the point where it felt a little confusing and overwhelming because I thought there's no way that they actually think this, um, so, which is why I felt inclined to reach out to someone from production just to, to for just for help navigating and, and for that validity of like, I'm not crazy, am I? Like it, it was a very, it was very weird the whole thing. And how do you navigate like this little bachelor bubble of world of, because it was actually interesting to me. I mean, I'll say this, not you, but and like Kristen and I appreciated their transparency. Everyone has their own point of view. And, you know, I understand even doing any sort of interview about it, like it brings stuff up, um, but kind of, you know, told me, and I would say this to them that they didn't really have any friends in bachelor nation. And then I'm on Instagram and they're at Blake Horseman's stagecoach house. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They got some <laughs> friends, which is great. Like, I'm not, I don't want them to, you know, not have friends obviously. Yeah. Um, and whatever, but how do you handle like bachelor kind of events and stuff like this going forward? Like, is that a concern or is it just like, you got your people, everyone's got their people. I think it's like, you got your people. I got mine. Um, I will be transparent though. I was invited to uh, Stefan Lovegrove's Christmas party. I chose not to go because I knew that, you know, certain people would be there. Yeah. Um, and it just, one, it's just not my scene. I'm just not a huge like party person. I'm very much like small gatherings, intimate, things like that. And yeah, I'll, you know, I went to Ivan's birthday party because it's Ivan, you know, like he's, mm-hmm. he's your friend and I, I want to celebrate him. So, and with Stefan, I mean, the only person I really would have known was Katie, you yeah. know, and I would have met John probably, but other people that I really didn't know would have, would have probably been there. And I just didn't want to put myself in such an uncomfortable position when things still f- felt fresh. Um, so I, I declined. <laughs> Are you still friends with Katie? Yeah. Yeah. We actually talked, I think like last week um, and she's even, you know, shared, you know, her, her sides to certain things that kind of were a little more enlightening on the situation even. So it was, you know, a, it, it was, it felt good to know, like, okay, we're kind of like on the same page with some things. Yeah. It was funny that it ended up that whole San Diego thing. Cause it was like her 
get together. And then like, she was like, obviously couldn't really say anything also. Cause she's still like in contact with the show and stuff. And it was just like, Oh my right. God, this is crazy. <laughs> it's like, right. and Katie's it, you know, it, fault. it wasn't anyone's fault, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and that's the thing. Like, I think some people were even dubbing it like, Oh, stagecoach 2.0 or something ridiculous. I was like, come on. It wasn't even like, like no one. So no one to my knowledge hooked up. I will say right. that. I don't believe Chris and Lana hooked up that weekend. I don't believe anything like that happened. Um, but were they flirty? Yeah. You know, did we all have conversations with each other? Yes. Did people of the opposite sex maybe be a little flirty? Of I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously, but none of it was ever like with this intent of like, oh, you and me should, you know, whatever. Never, never. Right. Especially I didn't know any of these people. Yeah. I only knew Katie. And I'm very, if, when, if you, when, when you really know me, I'm a very private person, ironic because I went on a rip. <laughs> But I'm a very private person and they, they all know how I approach relationships, especially friendships. And I definitely keep my circle small, but I also am, you know, even sometimes with my friends, I'm really private. So I never have intimate conversations with people that I barely met, you know? Yeah. Um, even if I do, the guy can be attractive as hell and I, I, I will not let the wall down at all. <laughs> what is dating like post show? I mean, how do you go with that? One, would you go back to paradise and two, what has that been like for you? Is it easier because you feel like you've kind of been in a crash course of relationships and communication? Is it harder? Cause you're like, like has this person watch this show? Like what is dating like for you now? Uh, dating. I mean, I haven't done any dating since the show, honestly. I mean, I mean, I I've, like talked to a guy or two, but never anything that felt like solid enough for me to get serious about. Yeah. Um, only because yeah, like it, I think part of me just for some reason, I lately, for me, it's been, I don't really want to date anyone right now. And I think it stems from the fact that prior to the show, I actually, not that my relationships were like one after the other, but I was like always someone's girlfriend, you know, yeah. like one thing would end after a year. Then, you know, six months later, I was another person's girlfriend. Like in, in I think I really just want to relish in being single for a while yeah. before, you know, putting my heart on my sleeve again and figuring yeah. that out. So, which is why, I mean, as far as paradise, I, I don't know if there's someone worth going for, well, actually, even if there's, there's just one person, I don't think I would go to paradise for just a single person. I'd rather go for, you know, knowing that maybe there's multiple people that I could, that could be there. So I'd want to yeah. take my chances and go, but um, I don't know. I just know for sure. I refuse to talk to anyone who, <laughs> who has likely had a previous connection. So yeah, it's true. And I mean, you said one thing that was really interesting about, you know, being someone's girlfriend, it's hard. I think a lot of women who listen would relate to that of the identity of, am I just ex's girlfriend? How do mm -hmm. I navigate it? And I think now am I just the bachelor or whatever? And there's so many things to that. So I think yeah. it also makes sense that it's, I feel like it's funny. A lot of people who come off the show, if they're not with the person they met on the show, they're either single, at least as far as the public knows for a long time, or they like reconnect with like an ex who then mm -hmm. they get out of their system. Like it's kind of, it always fascinates me to see the direction people go in, but I totally get anyone wanting to be single. Cause one, all of a sudden there's this interest in your love life that wasn't there before for people like me. Yeah. And two, it's like <laughs> you were just went from being like the bachelor in paradise girl or the whatever in this love triangle. Like I get that. Like you don't, we want that to be your identity. Right. And I think, I'm so happy you kept like adding on to that because it, it it's what's been on my mind, especially like the last year is yes, the identity. And I think I've really been enjoying being single. I think because now I have like so many friends and things to do, like I've actually been enjoying this independence and not feeling like 
oh, I guess I have to ring my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to see what my boyfriend's up to and then see if maybe I can make it. You no, know, like it's been so nice just thinking about me for yeah. once. And I, I want to relish in that. And um, I think, you know, as long, along with identity, I, I've talked about this on my social media before, but you know, yes, the bachelor paradise, that was something that I did, but it's not who I am. You know, yeah. there's other goals that I have for myself that I want to achieve. And I, I would hope, you know, that if the audience wants to stick by me and, you know, watch wherever it is that I go to next, then great. If not, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I just know that the biggest takeaway for me from the franchise has been all of these friendships. I mean, I, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, parrot, like you said, it would be hard to go back to paradise after being in a, like, you know, in a love triangle that stemmed from outside forces, allegedly, who knows, whatever. But yeah. um, if there was like someone in Bachelor Nation who was just like, you met them, you wouldn't be opposed to meeting them in real life because some people like will close that door and be like, no one from the show ever again. Other people <laughs> are like, the DMs are open, but I'm not going to send right. it. Like, where do you land on just dating it within the Bachelor bubble? I mean, when it comes to that, I think it would, I think the most important thing for me is as long as they're not, Cause you know, every, every contestant deals with things differently, mm -hmm. um, or cast member, but, um, you know, as long as the bachelor or like the franchise is not their entire identity and they have their separate goals and they have things that they want to do outside of the show, then that I think is what's most important to me. What, you know, so if I met them already, or if I'm yet to meet them and we happen to click, yeah, I'm open to exploring that as long as I catch on that they're not, it's not just about the show all the time, you know, yeah. we're going to be 60 years old at one point. No one will care who we are. I'll care. Yeah. No. <laughs> so no, you know, it's, those are the things that matter to me. I was reading a story the other day from Robert Mills talking about the future of paradise. And he was saying that he, they don't know totally the creative for the next season, but he would be surprised if Jesse Palmer wasn't a part of it in some way, but he also had like great things to say about Wells and how, you know, the franchise loves Wells and Hulu and ABC Disney. Like he's got like a lot going on with them. So no, nothing on Wells, but um, in a bad way, but he also likes the guest hosts and couldn't decide. He was being very like, whatever, but did him yeah, yeah. Jesse Palmer would probably be involved in some way as someone who's been there before. What would you think makes the most sense in the format of that show? I mean, Wells has to stay. I that think so too. I, I do love the idea of like the celebrity guests coming every now and then um, or celebrity hosts. I love that. I thought that was great. Um, so if they want to continue that, perfect. Or if they keep Wells as the host and maybe have someone kind of take up the mantle of the Paradise bartender, that'd be cool too. Yeah. But, you know, Jesse Palmer, I don't have anything against him. I think he was a great host for The Bachelor. Um, but he doesn't need to be in paradise. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think you, you you give it all to Wells and then the guests can like, ho like the celebrity guest host can like do dates or something. Like, I think it would be hilarious. That would be great. For yeah, a couple to walk up on a date cool. and have David Spade roast them or something like that. Like, that was Oh fun. my God, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And and I think, you know, and, and just to be totally transparent, you know, with the concept now that Jesse Palmer will take over future bachelorettes, I was not happy to hear that. Yeah. I firmly believe that I think it makes the most sense to have female hosts for a female lead, because I think it's just easier for them to open up, you know, yeah. woman to woman, especially ladies who have been there before. I mean, come on, like we had two incredible hosts and how are you going to replace them with a whole man that whatever, I don't have anything against yeah, him. But totally. And, you know, I think, I think he was a great mentor for Clayton, you know, at least, you know, he did what he could with it. And I think though, as a host, he did solid. So yeah. why not just keep him there? Um, I don't know. I was just yeah. annoyed to hear that. <laughs> that he No, over. I totally. And especially from, I mean, Michelle's season two, but Katie's season, especially the way all that shook out, shook, shook out. I can't imagine if it wasn't Caitlin, like on the other side no. of the door, 
like yeah. I don't I think I don't know if Chris Harrison just I don't know how that would have ended but it became such a crucial moment and obviously we weren't there but Katie only ever had nice things to say about mm-hmm. them too from what I know so it really felt like that moment specifically which was a pivotal point in the season I don't know if it, what would have happened if it wasn't you know, another female bachelorette on the other side of that door. And mm-hmm. I think in the past, that's been something missing. Like I think Chris Harrison and Jesse Palmer are very polished hosts, but mm-hmm. there's like a little something there that I think Caitlin and Tasha, but I thought Caitlin especially brought to the show. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I, I know what you mean. I think they, I don't know. I feel that because perhaps because they were in that environment already for so long, yeah. I know Jesse Palmer you know, has history with the show, but he hadn't actually done anything with the show in years. Yeah. So, but I think with them, they seem to just be more comfortable with it. It was, it came off so natural to me. And I think part of that is because as two women who were leads themselves were capable of being mentors for Katie. And I think Katie benefited from that greatly. So it would have been nice, especially now that we're going to have two bachelorettes. It would have been incredible to still have, you know, Tasha. I mean, come on now. I don't understand. I I think about it more and I'm like, come on. It makes me nervous. I mean, I think it's going to be, it's going to be good TV, but there is a fine line with this two bachelorette thing. And I, I think they know that though. Like mm-hmm. if it goes one way, it. yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Um, yeah. but, and I, I've heard from people also, Wells really is like helpful in paradise. Like he does give advice and he cares oh. and gets invested. And I love hearing that because it, it comes off genuine, but you never know what you're seeing on TV. You know, I mean, the, the thing with Wells though, is like, he really does like, he'll sit. So tell me like, he's so invested. He's very engaging. And I think it makes it easy for us to open up because he does have this warm demeanor. That's yeah. like, so easy to just, just you know feel comfortable around him and I think that's so valuable for the show especially if they want us if they want to keep us talking you got to keep Wells around because he's like the OG in paradise you know we're all comfortable to you know speaking with him so why would you ever remove him from that environment so I don't know I'm curious I hope they keep him around I personally think it'll be a mistake if they don't but I think we'll so too. and he's a radio he was a radio host and he might still be in and he does podcasts and stuff but he is a host in his own right as well so oh, totally. he has like yeah. professional I mean, mode and silly mode he's got it all yeah totally no I I can't imagine it without him all right well this has been so fun thank you for going down this road with me what else is going on what do you want people to know that you've been up to um I know you mentioned you've obviously got some goals and people can follow along if they so choose what's up <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I signed uh, recently to an agency in New York, so I'm going to possibly spend some time there, kind of nice. figure things out a little bit and see perhaps where that goes. Um, New York was a place that I intended to move to, but I'm going to have to figure that out first just because everybody's talking about the inflation right now. And Yo, yeah, it's fun. Come on over. <laughs> I know. I'm from Texas, though. I'm very used to being like spoiled here. So but we'll see. I think, you know, I'll spend a month there, maybe two, maybe three who knows? But I think overall, that's just kind of like where my heart's set on. Um, if not there, I actually do plan to probably move to Dallas. So we'll see. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Um, everyone can follow you. And just remember this, you know, I'm asking these questions. We were just hashing stuff out. That doesn't mean anyone's losing sleep over something that happened a couple months ago, everybody. But, you know, no, we got to get to the bottom of it. No. And I, I just I want people to understand, like, for at least on my end, I don't have any bla- bad blood with anyone. I think, you know, I think for me, what I was upset about is that there wasn't some truths that were being revealed. Now, I don't think they need to air out all their dirty laundry. I don't think anyone has to, but I think it's fair to at least be fair and, you yeah. know, be very transparent and say, well, at least Jasenia did, because I can only speak for myself. 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast, and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns. Mm-hmm.